0: Our scripture is from Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verses 1 through 8. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to throw away stones, and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek, and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to throw away. A time to tear, and a time to sew a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate a time for war and a time for peace. These are our sacred stories. Thanks be to God.
1: Hello, my good friends at Covenant. What a blessing it is to participate in worship with you this morning. Thank you for inviting me back. I look forward to the day where I can be with you in person to give you a big hug so that you know how much I've missed you and being with you. As I've prepared for the message today, a friend of mine asked me, what is on your heart these days? And I said, Ecclesiastes 3. I want people to know that in life, we have choices. We can spend our days full of resentment for the people who have caused us harm, To us or to people whom we love, allowing those experiences of trauma to become a stumbling block, or we can use our energy to work toward a more just world, a world that's more equitable and inclusive so that all of God's people have the opportunity to live out their God-given potential. And then she began singing a song, Turn, 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 by the Birds, a song that was adopted in 1965 and became a number one hit on the U.S. billboard, Hot 100. All but two lines of those song, of that song come directly from Ecclesiastes 1 through 8. The songwriter Peter Siegler wrote the original version in 1959 as the American people were entering into the fourth year of the Vietnam War. In fact, during this time period when the song became so popular, people were literally taken to the streets, protesting and marching for black people, for civil rights. Children were being escorted to schools by armed guards. Emmett Till brutally murdered. Families were torn apart by the idea and the belief that one group of people were more deserving than another. A people divided we were about the basic ideals of our democracy. And then roughly 10 years later, the beginning of Stonewall, a more, more and more marches continue and protests, but this time in the streets for the liberation of the LGBTQ community, a struggle that continues today as we celebrate Pride and Juneteenth. To everything, turn, turn, turn. There is a season, turn, turn, turn. And a time for every purpose, under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant, a time to reap, a time to laugh and a time to weep. Some say the song became a hit because people were tired, tired of the wars, tired of the civil unrest, tired of struggling to make ends meet and many were hoping for a better future. June This month is a time when we reflect on our pride and freedom to be who we are as individuals. June is a time for us to reflect on how we can mold and shape our collective future in a way that embraces the past realities and so that we can receive the blessings that Jesus spoke of when he preached the Sermon on the Mount to his disciples and said, blessed are the peacemakers. They will be called the children of God. Perhaps when you think of peacemakers, you think of superheroes who engage in battle after battle to bring peace and to keep everybody safe and from harm's way. Could it be possible for you and me to become the superheroes together in the fight for justice for all? This message I bring today is inspired by Howard Thurman's life and the stories he talks about in his book, Jesus and the Disinherited. I've been so inspired by how one person can make such a huge difference and how Thurman's life brings light to our world and how it reminds us of the destructive nature of hate. Thurman published his book, Jesus and the Disinherited, in 1949 when race relations were actually unhinged. He wrote The basic fact is that Christianity, it, as it was born in the mind of the Jewish teacher and thinker, is a technique of survival for the oppressed. Thurman is on spot. Living a life of integrity was a spiritual matter for Howard Thurman as he set out to gain a better understanding of the world around him so that he could be a bridge for the connections of people's hearts back to the heart of Jesus' message. Another writer, John O'Donohue states, the heart is where the beauty of the human spirit comes alive. Without the heart, the human spirit would be sinister, he wrote. When you feel for someone, your concern and compassion come alive. Without being able to feel, friendship and love could never be born. Thurman was a superhero. He understood that hatred and and love do not coexist very easily. And he recognized the importance of taking care of the heart of humanity. It's Thurman who encourages us today to think about the choices we make as we witness the rise in white nationalism and how this expansion gets expressed in our local and national policies and practices and everyday living. Thurman wrote, a definite rise in rudeness and over-expressions of color prejudice, especially on trains and other public conveyances. It was simple, hatred could be brought out into the open, given a formal dignity, a place of respectability. For the most part, we are not vocal about our hatred, he wrote, hating is something of which to be ashamed unless it provides for us a form of validation and prestige. Christianity has been almost sentimental in its efforts to deal with hatred in human life. And this reluctance to examine hatred has taken on a character of a superstition. There is a conspiracy of silence about hatred, its functions and its meaning. Hatred cannot be defined, it can only be described. The late Congressman John Lewis elegantly stated, not one of us can rest, be happy, be at home, be at peace with ourselves until we end hatred and division. He went on to say, we are one people with one family. We all live in the same house and through books, through information, we must find a way to say to people that we must lay down the burdens of hate for hate is too heavy a burden to bear. Recently, Henry Louis Gates Jr. released a new book and launched a PBS series on the black church, its origins and how the black church has shaped black people's ability to survive hatred, racism and oppression in the US. So many different emotions came over me as I watched the series and reflected on my own experiences as a black LGBTQ identifying person in America born in the 60s at the height of national unrest. So much of my thinking and my expressions of my faith are due in large part to my upbringing in the Baptist church. And I appreciated the role that the church has played in equipping me with the tools I would need to overcome many adversities I've experienced. I was someone who studied the Bible like it was a history book and I examined the contradictions and asked questions to seek a deeper understanding so that I could decide how to best live my life no matter what challenges I faced or the traumas I have yet to endure. My experiences growing up in the black church provided what I would call a foundation for my survival. And I will say to you that questions still remain about why some people choose to hate while others choose to love. On a pilgrimage to India in 1936, Thurman looked forward to meeting Mahatma Gandhi, who at the time was involved in the nonviolence resistance movement in an effort to secure India's freedom from Britain Now, while he was in India, Thurman traveled across the region, giving lectures about his work in the United States. And one person challenged him about his commitment to Christianity by saying, if the message of Jesus is so powerful, then why is it not changing the hearts and minds of Christians in the United States, particularly with regard to the ongoing oppression of black people. Now Thurman believed his purpose was not to defend Christianity as it was practiced in America, but to proclaim the message that Jesus taught about. A message of healing and hope and caring for the disinherited people. A message that encourages us to love our neighbor, those who are different, the same way we love ourselves. Thurman taught that if hatred lives in our hearts, our inner spiritual self would be destroyed. And this is why he focused his attention directly on modeling Jesus rather than modeling Christianity. Thurman understood the difference. According to Desmond Tutu, when we see others as the enemy, we risk becoming what we hate. When we oppress others, we end up oppressing ourselves. All of our humanity is dependent upon recognizing the humanity of others. Like Jesus, Thurman lived during a dangerous and tumultuous time. The people were kept segregated, denied basic rights to, do, to have good jobs and fair housing, and through Jim Crow laws, people were humiliated. The role of religious leaders and activists was to help people to seek, see themselves as someone who God cared about, made in God's own likeness, worthy of self-respect, and Thurman had a profound influence on the civil rights movement and in its nonviolence approach, as he, along with Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, learned from Gandhi's success in India. Thurman had a finite number of days on earth to teach us to recognize our season. We can choose to spend our time holding on to bitterness and resentment wondering what people are going to do to fix the problems, or we can choose to use our time to make a difference right where we are. And perhaps this is the time for us to show up differently. Showing up differently means listening. It means hearing the experiences of people like me who continue to suffer at the hands of racism and then use our gifts to make lasting change in the pursuit of equal justice. So many of our leaders of the civil rights movement and the LGBTQ movement understood that we had entered into a new season requiring people to speak out and to show up. Marsha P. Johnson, in 1969, knew that it was her season to build community rather than to allow her community to be ripped apart. Though she faced many obstacles, being as an out trans woman, she helped to start a revolution for human rights. She said, how many years has it taken people to realize that we are all brothers and sisters and human beings in the human race. Johnson recognized that it was her season to speak rather than to be silent. It was her season to love rather than to show hate. Marcia Johnson stated, history isn't something that you look back at and say it was inevitable. It happens because people make decisions that are sometimes very impulsive and at the moment, but those moments are cumulative results. The US Senate recently passed a bill to recognize Juneteenth as a national holiday. And while acknowledging the significance of Juneteenth is important, we must also acknowledge that in these times We are more than a nation of differences. We are a nation divided, except that this time we are not protesting a terrible war like the Vietnam War back early in the early civil rights days in the early uh, 70s. We are faced with a new reality, one where the one who terrorizes may live across the street from our homes. Watching the events earlier this year on January the 6th unfold on the steps of the US Capitol, I saw people emboldened to display symbols of hatred as though doing so is something to be proud of with no shame. I wonder, are we listening to the messenger who said, God makes the sun to shine on the bad and good alike. God's reign falls on the just and unjust. Howard Thurman stated, during times of war, hatred becomes quite respectable. And even if it has to masquerade often under the guise of patriotism. Let us not be blind to the ways in which hatred permeates in the fabric of everyday life. We are not at war, are we? We are home, aren't we? What more is there to hate than this pandemic and how COVID-19 has run rampant through our homes of our friends and neighbors alike revealing for us the systemic injustices in our healthcare and economic systems that have gone unresolved for far too long. What can each of us do differently to work toward more justice in our healthcare and other aspects of our lives to end the war at home? Thurman spent a lifetime teaching us the values of human life and human dignity. It is up to us, each one of us, to know the right season for love in action. Is this the time to tear? And a time, is this the time to mend? A time to be silent, a time to speak? A time to love, a time to hate, a time for war, a time for peace. The Reverend Dr. Howard Thurman also stated, don't ask what the world needs, ask what you can, how you can come alive and go do it. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. It's time for us all to come alive and confront the injustices we see in our neighborhoods and in our nation. Blessed are the peacemakers and the superheroes. Amen.